All right, going to get a little sciencey here for a few minutes. Talking about fossils, and um, we're going to be chatting with uh, an Alberta scientist who just may have changed things. Well, already has changed things, but may change things even more going forward. This is an interesting story. We're chatting with Dr. Paul Johnson, who is an associate professor in earth and environmental sciences at Calgary's Mount Royal University. Dr. Johnson, thank you for joining us. Appreciate your time today. Thanks, Jay. Yeah, good to be with you. I grew up in Edmonton listening to CHED Radio. Interesting. Okay, well, now you're going province-wide, so they're hearing you up here, and they're hearing you down there. You're, you got all the bases covered, Doc. Um, tell okay. us about this. It's really interesting. You were doing some work on, uh, on a group of fossils in the Burgess Shale region, right? Yeah, correct. I was working in um, Yoho National Park, uh, doing some geological work on the the now famous Burgess Shale, and I, I spotted some small shells preserved in limestone layers within the shales. The limestone had hardly been looked at, and so I thought, hmm, these shells might uh, prove to be significant. The problem was, you know, how to get tiny shells that are, you know, delicate, fragile, out of solid limestone, um, so you could actually study them properly. And I ended up using an acid technique in the lab to dissolve the limestone samples, and I got the shells out intact which worked really well. Now, that was something new because uh, it, previously it was sort of done, you know, I guess, what, through hammers and, and that sort of thing? I mean, was this the first time where you tried that the acid approach had been tried? Yeah, to my knowledge, um, the acid technique had not been tried on any of the rock strata within the Burgess Shale. It has been used on uh, younger deposits. In fact, when I was a student in, in Australia, I worked on limestones, uh, and I used that technique to extract fossils. So I thought, yeah, I'm going to give it a try on this Burgess Shale. <laughs> so, and it worked, right? I mean, and how does it change things? Basically, it means you're not getting like a cross-section. You can actually remove the whole fossil 3D style. That's right. It looks like, you know, a shell washed up on a beach, right? Three-dimensional. You can turn it in any direction, look at all the features. Normally in the Burgess Shale, the, you know, the fossils are quite spectacularly preserved, but they're flattened like roadkill fossils. Yeah. Uh, but in the limestones, they're three-dimensional. But the problem, of course, has been how to get them out. But it turned out these shells have been replaced by uh, the mineral silica through their long, you know, half-billion-year burial history. And silica is resistant to acid, but the limestone dissolves. That's how I got them out. Amazing. Now, a lot of people out there thinking, yeah, okay, so what? It means a lot, right? I mean, it's, it's actually changed our understanding of some of these fossils. Yeah, that's right. Um, well, the shells turned out to include a, a weird group of extinct animals known as stenothecoids, and they occur worldwide in rocks of Cambrian age. Um, but they, they show a weird combination of features that don't match any other group of shelled animals in the fossil record or in modern oceans for that matter. So paleontologists haven't known where to put them, where mm-hmm. to classify them in even the most basic groups of animals. And over the years, in fact, um, paleontologists have proposed four different phyla for these stenothecoids. Phyla are the most, you know, fundamental groupings of animals. And that's about as uncertain as you can get in science. (laughs) um, But the consensus has been that stenothecoids must belong somewhere in the phylum mollusca, which includes things like clams, snails, and squid now. But our study showed uh, that that is incorrect. So where are you going to put them now? Um, uh-oh, have we lost him, Sarah? 
Dr. Johnson, you there? Oh, you know, oh, oh, he's kind of there, sort of there. <laughs> Dr. Oh, well, there, there now, 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 they, they, now you're there. Now we got you. Okay, now you're loud and clear. Yeah. So where to put the steno yeah, decoys? Yeah. Well, um, yeah, we showed that they're early relatives of a completely different group, um, a phylum known as the Brachiopoda, and our main clue was a small opening I found at the narrow end of the stenothecoid shell that had not been seen before. And the only other animals that have an opening like this are brachiopods, still around in modern oceans, which attach to the sea floor by a stalk that, that extends through that opening. Okay. Now, this, this technique that you tried and had great success with, can it be applied, do you think, in other work with larger, you know, fossils? Is this something that we could see sort of becoming a new branch of, of how fossils are, are recovered in the field? Um, well, I know paleontologists are definitely aware of, of this technique. Um, the trick is you've got to, you know, recognize when you're looking at uh, these limestones, ancient limestones, you know, you got to get down on your hands and knees with a hand lens and, and, and look very closely to see that the shells have been replaced by silica. Otherwise, the shells will dissolve, too, because they're made of calcium carbonate like the limestone. Interesting stuff. Uh, Dr. Johnson, thank you so much for your time today. I really appreciate you joining us. Yeah, before you go, uh, yeah. can I get a shout-out to my former professors at the University of Alberta, now retired uh, doctors Richard Fox and Brian Chatterton, who taught me how to do this kind of research. <laughs> you just did. I hope they're well. <laughs> Thanks, Doc. Okay, ciao. Appreciate your time. Dr. Paul Johnson, who is an associate professor in Earth and Environmental Sciences at Calgary's Mount Royal University.